Hello and welcome to the MHG podcast. As usual, life could be, unfortunately this week, very, very dark and very, very miserable. Um, so we're here to try and bring a little bit of light and a little bit of joy. Um, I'll explain why in a minute, but joining me this week is Stu. How are you doing, Stu? Well, I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. So yeah, it's been a it's been a rough mental health month as well as physical health month. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm powering through. I'm just getting there. Um, I've got a lot of good stuff to focus on, which is always nice. Um, but yeah, accepting that there are difficult things going on in the world at the moment as well. Yeah, I don't want to go down the... There's always someone or something worse than what you've got going on thing. Um, but I've had a couple of moments where I've been a little bit worries me and then thinking with other events that have gone on, which I'll cover in a minute, it's like, yeah, it's not that bad. Um, pull your head out your ass sometimes. I know that's not the way to deal with mental health struggles all the time, but sometimes you need a good, like, have a word with yourself kind of thing don't you it does help now and again in the right moments yeah and it can be it can be tricky to to get the balance right um i think one of the one of the things that's misunderstood quite a lot that i've noticed because it's this is new to me as well is understanding what you mean by be kind to yourself it's not like just walking around in in a in a cloud of belief that everything that you do is right and everything that you do is you know something that can be justified it's more just take some moments to do very little things for yourself um and you know and not blame yourself for them yeah especially if it's you know things that are traditionally thought of as you know wrong like slobbing around or eating the wrong foods and stuff but sometimes you just need to do that and yeah it's all about balance but it is about giving yourself a little bit of slack and leeway and kindness and not beating yourself up and stuff like that so yeah so i'm trying to do that uh, it's more important now than ever in this world i think yeah totally totally uh yeah t- the little things make um you know are what keep you going essentially um i mean i've been suffering a little bit with imposter syndrome over the past couple of weeks as well thinking i don't belong don't deserve to belong that's that kind of thing um uh, this is going to be the hippiest sounding shit I will say based on purely because of what I'm going to cover in a minute. Uh, but yeah, be kind to yourself. The little quirks that you like or the little quirks about you, the little things that might be odd or don't seem that important, cherish them because you don't know what's around the corner. Um, as cliche as that sounds you don't know what tomorrow brings and if you don't enjoy the little things that bring you even the ounces of joy then honestly there's no point uh, because that's what life has got to be you, we, we're in a world where we're being told you know your only value is in what you can bring to society whereas I disagree I think your your main value is what you can bring to yourself and those around you and you being there you being a light is is just as important as you know what you could do in a job or what you bring to society because you can't bring anything to society if you're not there um and i said that's the hippiest out of this shit i will say uh but yeah it kind of makes sense i hope it absolutely makes sense it really does and you know we put so much of our value in what we what we achieve and what we produce 
uh, and it's completely wrong. It's it's who we are and what we you know how we are with other people and what we do for their lives that is the important part of it really, and that's another part of looking after yourself and and giving yourself some value. And you're right, it does sound like a load of hippie crap when you say it out loud, but um, I think that's partly kind of internalized sort of punishment as well for for being kind and using kind words and shouldn't really feel that way so yeah no yeah be kind to yourself and don't feel guilty about it now this is hard to cover because not that i've ever been in this situation but it's a situation i've been in before that never even thought about this could happen um and that's to cover the events of um of what happened in Kansas City uh, this past uh, couple of days, and that's the shooting at the Super Bowl victory parade. Um, For those who don't know, Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl last Sunday, Um, and it was was a big deal for a lot of people because it had more eyes on it than probably ever before because um, Taylor Swift is in a relationship with, I want to say his name's Travis Kelsey of the Kansas City Chiefs, um, so that was a big deal. So lots of like fans who probably wouldn't usually be bothered about football, American football that is, were eyes on. Uh, me personally, I don't really watch much of the regular season. I keep an eye on how the, the, the Detroit Lions are doing, catch the odd game, but then you know, try and watch the Super Bowl. Um, but Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl and it's brilliant for them. Um, at the, the parade... Um, and I've been to parades like when Liverpool won the European Cup in 2005 I was at the parade and it's like the most joyous time it's almost more joyous than winning the final itself on the day because the nerves aren't there it's just pure celebration and um, it was a day of pure celebration in Kansas City um, celebrating the Super Bowl win when three people with I believe semi-automatic rifles decided to open fire Um, they killed one person uh, Lisa Lopez, who is a local radio DJ, um, and injured over 20 other people, including many of them children. And these weren't just like, oh, the odd, like, graze bullet or anything. These were life-threatening injuries. Um, so the death toll is one. It could rise still, hopefully not, fingers crossed. Um, it's devastating. It's really, really devastating. What should be the happiest day of many people's years you know we've just spoke about how crappy life could be your day-to-day could be what should be a day of pure celebration is taken away from people um and sport has an ability that i think a lot of people or people who don't watch sport don't understand sport has a way of bringing you to the highest of highs yes you can have the lowest of lows sometimes but it brings you the highest of highs a low after a defeat or a poor run lasts a few days a high because your team's just won the Super Bowl the European Cup or the Premier League or or the Stanley Cup or the World Cup or whatever that high can last for weeks it can set you up for weeks upon the rest of the year it can set you up for because it's such an upwards joyful feeling and the parade is part of that. Uh, these bands of Kansas City, the residents of of Kansas City would have been having the best of times. And for people to take that away from them is cowardly um, and it's disgusting. But the blame isn't just with the free gunmen. The 
the blame i'm sorry that they will do this again you see it all again you see the oh we condemn we condemn the acts blah 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 um thoughts and prayers blah 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 nothing's getting done nothing's gonna get done it's not the time to talk about it um you know um, you can't change the laws because because you know the laws will be broken um you can't just give people that freedom just to carry any kind of weapon around it's it, it's not right um you saw these sort of like the old arguments around the window with this one because they say oh the only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun um it was at a parade there was hundreds of armed police there the supposed good guys with guns were there they didn't stop it they did not stop this happening. They might have mitigated it a little bit, but they did not stop it happening. Um, and I heard something really devastating um, earlier today, actually. It was a host of Fox Sports, um, I'm assuming in Missouri, um, was talking about he was there at the at the um, at the at the um, at the parade at the time, and he was saying about um, he spoke to a, an older woman when he got back to his hotel. There was an older woman there. She was a Kansas City fan. Um, she said she was there with her family, so she had her, her children and her grandchildren there. And she said the one who had to take the lead on what to do was their fourteen-year-old granddaughter, because she was the only one who had been fully trained on what to do in a mass shooter situation because of being at school at the time, being in high school, because children are being trained at a young age how to deal with mass shooting situations. And it's like, that is the most devastating thing I've heard in quite some time. More so than the shooting itself, and it is devastating, it's tragic. Children are being taught how to handle a mass shooting situation. And their parents can't do it. The children are having to protect their elders because the situation's got so bad now. Um, and America still won't do anything about it. And every time people go, what's the answer? What's the answer? Well, whenever there's a war... America flies in, you know, they're the heroes. They will fly in and they will take out these regimes and do what. Maybe it's time that people went into America and started fixing America because it's a fucking joke. Um, you can edit out this if you want to. I don't, I don't mind. But it is a fucking joke. The cowards need sorting. And not just the cowards with the guns. The cowards in power. Whether that is the Republicans who don't want people taking the guns. Or whether it's the Democrats. They're worse. The Democrats, when they get in, have every chance to go, actually, no, we are sorting this. We have said we're opposed to, like, gun violence. You could do something because you have not got the NRA on your back supporting your party. You could do something. You don't do something. And quite frankly, they're cowards. They are worse than anyone. And it needs sorting. Um, sorry, it's a rant. I just, it's it's one too many times. Um, and, I, you know, I'm not, a, I've been to these sort of parades. It could have been me because in this country, thankfully, I don't think it can be. Uh, but uh, it's, I don't know, show, I, I just, words. Yeah, I know. It's, sometimes it just gets too much to try and, understand or cope with and it's totally understandable to be in that situation because it's overwhelming really it's it is overwhelming yeah. and it it's again going back to the be kind to yourself thing the best thing that, that we can do i suppose is just acknowledge that it's wrong and that it is overwhelming and not 
try and so you know solutionize or feel guilty or feel distant or you know just feel the context of there's you know there's nothing that we can do um currently but that it's a terrible terrible event and that that is a very frustrating thing to feel because you know especially in an election year in america and with a lot of problems with you know roe v wade being overturned and uh, a swing very much towards the right and it's all sorts of things that you can just see coming and predict it's very obvious very predictable you know putting a demagogue in charge you know just marginalizing groups you know trying to institutionalize people making the the bill to make people who are homeless illegal um going trying to go through it's all about trying to consolidate right-wing fascist ideology and yeah. you know the the NRA thing ties into that and but it's all part of this bigger wider system and the, the one thing that we can hope is that there is hope and that there is change um and that we that we try and just be uh, I don't really know how to to even say it you know it's just there's, no. there's just very little we can do it's just devastating completely wrong completely avoidable uh uh a situation that humankind has developed for itself, um, but generally, what well, the thing I'll leave it on. Generally, the people generally people are kind. Generally, people are lovely. There's a yeah. minuscule fraction of people who cause this massive trouble. So solving it would be fairly easy. Restrict the guns, restrict the bullets, you know, and suddenly most of the problem starts to go away so let's fingers crossed that that's something that can happen in the in the future um, and the fact we are devastated by it outraged by it still is only it is only a good thing because it shows we haven't all completely been completely desensitized we haven't completely gone it's just part of the world now um yes. so but i do want to but choose my words um, almost because I said I wasn't going to do a uh, that thing I do. Um, but we need some good news as well coming out of America. So before I transition to talking about video games, I'm going to talk about um, transition related stuff. Um, Will Ferrell and a good friend of his are doing a documentary for Netflix. Now, Will Ferrell's friend is like 61 years old, and I think they are in the movie industry. I can't remember their name, unfortunately. Uh, but Will Ferrell's good friend, at 61 years old, decided they was going to finally transition. They've been living their entire life a lie, and they was going to transition. And Will Ferrell had no opinion, apparently, on, on transgender rights. Didn't really bother him one way or the other. Um, which is fine. I'm okay with somebody who goes, oh, I'm not that bothered. So, you know, do what you want to do. Um, it doesn't have an extreme view either way. Um, that's fine. Um, but has learned about their friend while he's transitioned, has been very, very supportive and has decided in that time to learn what it is to be in the wrong body, to be transgender. And has commissioned an eight-part documentary series on Netflix to talk about and go through what 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 this is to his, to his friend, um, a person he cares about, um, which I think is something really good to see. 
Um, I hope this is Netflix also decided that uh, we've gone a bit too far the other way in terms of the coverage we give trans people with like Ricky Gervais and Dave Chappelle and things like that. Um, so great positive news. Will Ferrell has always come across as... I'm not a big fan of his films. I'm not a big fan of his comedy overall. I think he does some pretty naff films. But he always seems to have a good time. And he seems like one of Hollywood's good guys. Um, so, and he seems likeable by a lot of people. So, he's someone of Will Ferrell's status, uh, who's done crude comedy and all that, that he, like, oh, everyone seems to like. And even the, the anti-trans people seem to like. If someone like him can show a positive side to to what it is to be trans and what it is to support a trans person, then brilliant. Some good news coming out of America. There are still some good people there. Uh, absolutely great news. It does make such a vast amount of difference. There's, there's you know, direct correlation between what people you who influence your mind, you know, influence your, your feelings say and do and how people react to that. We've seen that with, you know, the negative side of Rishi Sunak recently and I'm pretty confident that this will be on the very very positive side and have a really good impact so yeah that is great news it's a nice one to uh, to end on really end on this section at least it is indeed so let's talk about video games show we say we're going to bring some light and joy so let's actually bring some light and joy um, I've got two you've got one but my throat's hurting a bit now so, because I've done a lot of talking, so tell you what, you go first, Joe. Oh, with absolute pleasure. So, yeah, I've been playing a game on my lovely little Steam Deck. Well, I say little, you know, it's kind of like a table. Um, but, you know, that's because I've got dinky little hands, as I've said several times. But I still I still enjoy it so much. It's such a great device. I'd not been playing for a while, and this was my first game back after a bit of a, a, bit of a gaming break an enforced one unfortunately but yeah no what i've been playing is a game called shapeshifter colon formations not colon formations if you got oh. those you probably need to see a doctor but <laughs> yeah shapeshifter formations and my elevator pitch for it is it's geometry wars but vampire survivors so it's it looks old it's old sold old. yeah 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 well done i'll buy that yeah <laughs> yeah no it is it is pretty much that you know as it's stamped on the tin it's like you've got a little arena you know a, a curtailed space that's quite small it's like you know pretty much just the boundaries of the screen but a little bit bigger and you're within that and enemies are generated and similar to Ge geo wars and you know things like don't die mr robot <clears throat> there's a combination of uh, enemies that you know pop in and attack you and enemies that pop in and just have patterns that they follow they don't care that you're there they're just doing patterns and i think yeah that's kind of what makes it a geo wars game as opposed to something else um so it's got that geo wars element but it's got your vampire survivors basic structure of you know you go in it's a roguelike you uh the longer you go on the more sort of points you accrue yeah you collect little tokens from killing stuff and then you spend those tokens on items that will you know are buffs basically and you also, yeah, we have a couple of economies like these things tend to do. So you've got your general one of picking stuff up and buying buffs. And then you've got your special ones of the more, the further you get and the more you achieve, the better weapons you pick up. And you can pick different ships and different weapon types. It's all, you know, as you'd expect from that. So it's a really lovely looking game. I really like the, the aesthetic. It's 
you know, runs flawlessly on the deck. It's got that neon kind of futurism Tron look to it that Geometry Wars and its clones have, which is always a pleasant, simplistic but pleasant look. Um, it's got reasonably decent effects, nothing crazy. It's not, you know, voxels like with the, you know, with Resogun or anything like that, but it's uh, it's a very attractive looking game. Um, the The kind of, the readability of it's not bad. Um, it can be a little bit of a struggle sometimes when you've got like a limited colour palette that you've deliberately gone for and everything's neon. It can be a little bit difficult to track your ship. They do a good thing where your the underneath of your ship is lit up and, and kind of uh, elevated. So it's kind of like you're dragging a gravity bubble around with you so it looks like you're yeah, disturbing the, the ground, which is a clever way of doing things. Um, there's a lot of neat touches like that. It's, it's a, put a lot of thought into it, you know, into the way that it, uh, the way that it looks and moves. Um, the regular combat is okay. So this kind of starts treading on my biggest issue with the game, which is that there's not much punch to the weapons. And getting that balance right is always a bit of a challenge. And this is an early access, so it might change. But yeah, getting that balance can be can be tricky where you want to feel like aha blasting stuff nice oh my god there's loads of things now i'm running away <laughs> but you know then you get something else and you're like aha the shoe is back on the other foot <laughs> now kicking ass again yeah. um and it almost needs that um that looney tunes like roadrunner um coyote back and forth thing yeah. that you get yeah exactly it's kind of the shifting balance of power and making sure that you know, even your pea shooter feels like it's got a bit of heft, you know, um, making sure that you've always got your equivalent of Gordon Freeman's crowbar type situation. I think it, it kind of misses its grasp a little bit on that. It's not a massive thing, but it's a little bit fundamental. You never really, I always feel a little bit underpowered, um, even coming into it with mm. like all the buffs that I've got after about four hours of, of play. Um, so that, you know, I think there's a little bit of, an issue with the kinesis, you know, of things being impactful enough. Um, they, they could have, they could buff that up a little bit, I feel, and make it a little bit more impactful. So it it kind of puts a little bit of a wishy-washy layer over it because, you know, it doesn't thump, doesn't have that kind of crunch that you'd, you'd particularly like. So it's very smooth, it's very slick, very well put together. Um, perhaps needs a little bit more of that impactful feel to it but yeah you go through you fight your bosses it's very 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 challenging i'm not sure how big it will be i've only made it up to the second boss um on multiple obviously playthroughs and the second boss is absolute monster you know i was going at it for probably five or six minutes and it's still got like three quarters of a health bar it's like really 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 tough so it's definitely got the level of challenge. It's definitely got lots of variety. Um, it certainly looks the part, and it is good fun. Um, it does. It's not really massively wowing me, but it's doing enough for me to keep going back to it at the moment. Yeah, um, just over a fiver as well. I suppose it's one of those where you just go, do you know what? If you finally could get a couple of hours value out of it, or or whatever, that's that's plenty. Yeah, it, it looks in, it does look really interesting. I've just looked at like the the trailer as you were talking as well, and um, yeah, it's kind of got that balance between like uh, Geometry Wars Two, Superstar Dust Delta, and Geometry Wars Three. 
uh, which is the more 3D style stylized one. Um, and yeah, I like the look of it. Um, I do like the look of it. I, I take it, is it a proper twin stick shoot? It's not like an auto shooter like Vampire Survivors, is it? It's a proper it, it's twin stick. It's optional. You get the choice. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, Ooh, you, you can okay. have it either way. I actually prefer it with the auto at the moment. It yes. just seems to be very accurate and um, it's such a hectic game that yes. it, you know, I, that's what it's working for me. But yeah, you got before you got the option. Yeah. That's really good uh, because part of me, if you, you ever wanted to play Vampire Survivors and go, I'd like to have a bit of control just to see how it goes with some of those weapons. Um, probably not. It's probably just me. But um, but I like auto shooters. I really do. Um, because I think we spoke about before, the simplicity. It brings that, that monkey ball simplicity to it um, where it's all about watching the screen and, and sort of navigating the screen in the best way possible. Uh, but no, it looks good. Um, you can sort of see from the trailers the issue you have with the lack of punchiness with some of the weapons. Uh, but he said, hopefully, it's something that gets fed back to them and they can, they can add. You know, w what would you say could add that punchiness? Is it the weapon chart, like the weapon damage it does, or is it maybe the animations or, or something? Do, do, do they need like better animations to sort of like, as they hit, that you feel like they're doing something, or is it something else? Yeah, I generally tend to find with these things that hit reactions are what do it. Um, yeah. A combination of the audio and hit reactions. I've not listened to a lot of audio. I, I do tend to like play with you know the sound quiet or off. I know that's like sacrilege to a lot of people, but just the way my life is, that's the way that it is sometimes. But um, yeah, the, I think I think the sound is great. Uh, but yeah, I think you know more kinetic uh, reactions, hit reactions when they happen. A bit more knockback maybe a bit more color, color change um you could uh, explore all of that but i also think that the weapons could do more damage and you could you could either if you need to do a rebalance based on that i think that wouldn't be too difficult like you could have more enemies or the free you know frequency change or the amount of um you know the amount of health on some of them get rebalanced but i would have a, a look at those things if it was me and yeah try and punch it up a little bit on those on those fronts Cool. Yeah, I think I'm definitely going to pick it up regardless because it does look interesting. I say, even if I only get a couple of hours out of it, that's that's definitely value for money. Um, so yeah, cool. Uh, I'd be interested to see here back when it hits full release what it's like um, as well. Whether they do make those improvements because we should all listen to Stu. Well, that's what I always say. Yeah, I think I've, yeah. I've got the uh, I've got the final say on these things but i mean yeah no they they did it with greedland i i talked about it on the podcast when we was in early access when i was playing the demo um and i bought the full game and the, the full game is very very differently balanced it's actually harder um but it still feels punchy so yeah the, these things do change yeah they do change so i will come back to it in the future see what's going on excellent so moving on from shifting of shapes um and shooting feeds i've got nothing i've got nothing for this one um i've been playing and this will blow your mind right it's a single player mmo puzzle game <laughs> exploration okay. game yes yes indeed okay um it's called islands of insight and i saw the trailer for it and i went i fancy that um because it's a little bit Talos principle, but with different types of puzzles. 
Like my initial thought was, I like Talos Principle, and I like the puzzles, but the puzzles are a bit samey in Talos Principle. Not to its detriment, but they are a bit samey. Okay. Um, so this, I saw trailers for this, and it's like very, very different. Loads, like 20 odd different types of puzzles in there. But you go around, you wander these islands, and there are these puzzles. Um, these, they're claiming there's like over 10,000 puzzles, which is means there's a lot. When it's broken up, it's about 20 different types. That's a lot of puzzles of each different type to do. But the exploration in the game is really, really good. The puzzles range from excellent. So it's like, um, what's that? That, that the, oh, What was that? Do you remember Polarium on the Game Boy Advance? It was a puzzle game where you had yeah. white and black tiles, yeah? You had to, so it's got like puzzles like that. It's got um, like our place to shape type puzzles. And um, yeah, so it's got it's got loads of different types of puzzle types. Um, I, I won't go through them all, but um, sliding puzzles are in there. and everything. But it's all mixed with this exploration of these beautiful islands. Um, and they are beautiful. Um, there's this, like this lore, there's this discovery there. And it's a really relaxing game to be in. Um, there's, yeah, I, I, I don't think I've discovered like half of it yet. Um, and there's still like more to do. It's got character customization in there. Um, and it's purely single player, but it's an MMO, um, which is just weird. So you, you play it through yourself at your own pace, doing your own thing, but it's a shared island. Um, now that's the bit I don't get. And I don't care for because it doesn't need a shared island. And because it's a shared island, it's online only, which means one, I've not been able to play it on the Steam Deck yet, which is a pain because I really want to play it on the Steam Deck because I enjoy playing the Talos Principle on the Steam Deck. And two, why? I don't, I don't get why it needs to be online. The multiplayer, like the actual interaction with other people, so minimal, it's not needed. Um, it feels like they started with an idea and they brought it back, went, oh, this actually works really well, but didn't want to lose maybe what their original plan was and just couldn't take it out because it really doesn't feel like it's needed. It <coughs> Excuse me. And I checked a lot of the complaints and a lot of them also say along the lines of, why is this MMO? Why does this need to be online? Give me an offline mode. And I'm, I'm of the agreement. It's a brilliant game. Brilliant game. Uh, as I said, the puzzles are a mix of, um, of interesting and um, challenging. <coughs> the exploration is beautiful. I'm getting so much from it. But at the same time, I can't fully recommend it because it's always online. MMO that isn't an actual MMO bit that's in there. It's weird. Uh, which is a shame because if it didn't have that MMO side of it, which I do wonder was put in there maybe to maybe do some economy stuff down the line, it'd be brilliant. It does sound very strange. I mean, what's the what's the end game? Like, what's the goal? Is there one, or are you supposed to try and do ten thousand puzzles? Because that would take literally years. The puzzles are short. Like, I'm, I'm like puzzles can take seconds. Some of them, so. I think it's just a number and it's just something you can go back to time and time and time again and still have something fresh to do, which I'm all for. You know, the match three puzzles is... I've probably done, say, like, over a million probably match three 
puzzles and, and games in my lifetime. Like, matched three so many different times that it probably you know, eclipses what this offers, for example. So when you're going those 10,000 and maybe a thousand of them are match free puzzles, it's not a lot for each. So, yeah, it, I think it's going to be one of those games where I'll look back on it in a couple of years and I'll see it and I'll go, oh, yeah, that was uh, really interesting. Why did I stop it? Oh, yeah, that's why I stopped playing. Um, and the problem you've got is with puzzle games, I like to go back to puzzle games years down the line. I still go back and play, like, Puznik from, like, the uh, like the old like Spectrum days and the old arcade days and stuff like that, and I can. But if this is a permanent online world and they decide to shut down the server in three years, I can't go back and enjoy the puzzles. Um and that's an immediate downer for me, which is unfortunate, because apart from that, honestly, it is a brilliant, brilliant game. The puzzles are brilliant. The exploration's brilliant. It looks lovely. It feels good. Just this weird online thing that doesn't seem like it's needed. Well, it sounds like one of the most curious games of the year so far, so that's interesting at least. Yeah, yeah. It seems to, I mean, generally, that generally seems to be the consensus. Everyone loves it, but it's like, Why? What, what's this weird thing they've done with the MMO stuff? Um, so, yeah. Uh, but moving on. I've been playing a brand new game as well, Stu. Right. Um, there's oh, new, yeah. Exciting. There's new, yeah, there's this new game coming out. I think the character might, if they nail this, the character could become iconic. Okay? Okay. I've been playing. Right. And, right this is really good of them, right? They brought out more than one game at the same time with this as well. Wow. Brand new IP. Yeah. Right, it's called Tomb Raider 1 to 3 Remastered. So, you know, wow. wow. Um, no, seriously, though, the original three Tomb Raider games with a lick of paint, um, and that's pretty much what you get here. Um, now I'm all for these, um, I think the bare minimum, and this does the bare minimum in the right way. This is not an insult when I say bare minimum. Okay, uh, but Aspia and Crystal Dynamics developed this, um, and they've this is what they've done right. It's Tomb Raider one, two, and three with a lick of paint. That that's what you get, but with also the choice of modern controls, and it also includes all the expansions. Now, I've not played the original Tomb Raider since like two thousand and like one or two or something like that. Um, and it's not aged well, on the whole. Um, you have to go into it. You know, if you're going to show this, to, if I was going to give this to, like, Lucas or Edith and go, here, have at this, they're going to look at me and go, you lost your mind, Dad. Yeah, This I is bet. a video. What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, but for me, I went back and it took me laugh. I went, oh, no, like, how do I grab a ledge? I forgot how to grab a ledge when you jump. I'm like, well, I just want to jump and grab a ledge. Why can't I just jump and grab a ledge? And you got to re- I've remembered, oh, you got to press the shoot button to grab a ledge because that makes sense. Um, <coughs> and obviously, remembering tank controls for Lara Croft, and it's like, oh, my God, I forgot about tank controls. Um, but thankfully, there's modern controls. you still got to press shoot to grab a ledge because that's fundamental, apparently. Um... And, but you can turn off tank controls and move her around a bit, which I don't mind. Controversially, I prefer the modern controls. Lots of people are saying they go, oh, no, not modern controls. Oh, no, not in my Tomb Raider. Whatever. It doesn't matter. You've got the choice. Good. That's what I want. Quality of life, give choice. 
overall, and you press the start button, you switch between original graphics, liquor paint graphics. Okay, really, really good. I think Halo did that. Is that right? Halo Remastered did that really it, well. It did, yeah, perfectly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this does it. Um, and I really like this because the liquor paint stuff overall works really, really well. Um, they've kind of stopped Lama looking like a weird pointy freak. Um, they've not decided to like make her more proportionate. So she's still got massive, massive boobs for no reason whatsoever, but they're just less pointy in the, in the, in the liquor, in the liquor paint stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, you stick to that overall, but there's some areas where it's really dark because they've done lighting and all stuff like that. Um, obviously, they've got better texture, so it gets really, really dark in some places. So press start, go to the old graphics where there's no shadows and stuff like that, or less shadows, um, and you can see where you are, and then switch back when you're ready, like that. It's absolutely fine. More of that, please, uh, in, your, in your old game remasters. Um, they're not great. By today's standards, we know that. But preservation-wise, yeah, all for it. Uh, more ways of preserving games. And I can't remember how much it came out. Uh, you know, 25 quid for three games. Yeah. Do you know what? That's cheap enough where I go. I'm happy to have these. And I can move my disc versions um, away. Um, if I had them. I can remove the ROMs from my Steam Deck that I was using on the uh, PlayStation emulator um, for whenever I fancied it because now I've got a modern collection of them that I've bought legally. Uh, because, as we've always said, give us a, a reason to buy these games legally and play them well, we'll do it. And Tomb Raider proves that's exactly what works. It's not great. It's not like, oh my God, everyone's missed out on the greatest game of all time. It's definitely a game of its time, all three of them. But how good is it to have preservation like this, play these on the go? Um, okay, if you've got it, that's mental, right? If you, like you said to me in 1996, you can play Tomb Raider, this version of Tomb Raider on a handheld console, of which I had a Game Boy at the time. I've gone, you're, what? You're crazy. But here we are. I'm playing Tomb Raider on a handheld that's overpowered for it. And it's, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, fun. it's it's such a funny series, isn't it? It's so so strange. It's gone through so many iterations and it fell off a cliff so fast. Like, I remember, like, the, the, I really enjoyed the first game, you know, when it came out. And I really thought that the second game was good, but I didn't really enjoy it. I was already over it. Um, and I kind of gave up on it and I didn't even bother with the third one and then all the rest of them are supposed to be pretty rubbish right up until the reboot um, So, oh, the reboot is the best Tomb Raider games of all time yeah I think um, whichever <laughs> I think whichever one I always forget I think it's Rise it's the second one um, Rise of the Tomb Raider I think yeah I I enjoyed the most. I tried Shadow, yes. didn't like it. The first one was okay, but a bit thin. Um, but yeah, was, yeah, still really good. Um, but yeah, so I yeah, it's really funny. I was watching the Digital Foundry review of, of this collection, and they made the point that <clears throat> it's modern games are you use the running and jumping to get to the next combat section, whereas Tomb Raider is is all about the movement. That's yep. the game. You know, the combat isn't a side. The, the movement is the game. And yeah. th we don't have um, 
stuff that we we do have games like that. Um, that oh, what was it called? That climbing game that you loved that was in your top ten um, that for last year. That we we do have ones that are specifically about doing things slightly differently. I don't think we yeah. have anything as monumentally big as this. Uh, you know that it pushes things in weird and odd directions um, and redefines what you can do. We haven't had something like that for quite some time. And uh, it's interesting, but I, for a pure enjoyment sense, um, yeah. I think they're more of a curio these days than anything else, like you say. Yeah, so uh, what my thought would be with this is the amount of old ROMs I've got on, on various different systems and stuff like that and my Metro handhelds, I pick them up, find a game, play that game for five minutes, put it down maybe for a week, go back, pick it up, play a different game for five minutes because it's like, I'm, I'm, you know, I've got an inkling to play like Dizzy, you know, um, Treasure Island Dizzy. I've got an inkling to play it. I start playing it and I went, oh yeah, games have moved on from this a bit. But it was fun for five minutes. And Tomb Raider's now in that. Tomb Raider is so important because without it, I honestly don't think you have games like the modern Metal Gear Solid. You don't have Uncharted, those sort of games. You don't have The Last of Us. Um, I don't think you have games like Vanquish, Shenmue, or anything like that. I don't think you have those if it's not for Lara Croft. If you don't have Lara Croft now, um, Saber Saran is obviously the first major female lead of a video game but i think without lara croft you don't see lead female characters in video games again because she became the pin-up and not only was and i hate saying this because jesus christ have you seen the character models of of um of 1996 lara she was <laughs> the sex symbol she was the pin-up of um of of female video game characters because she was she was sexy um and she was capable she was she was smart she was actually she could look after herself she was everything she wasn't ever the damsel in distress um and she was such an important character for a time where women in video games were literally there to be saved or to ogle at um and she changed that um, by being a sex symbol, weirdly enough. Now, I look back and go, actually, people weren't bothered by Lara Croft, the character model. People actually were attracted to Lara Croft, the actual models who played Lara Croft at conventions and stuff like that. Um, and the idea of Lara Croft. But she changed video games for the better. And she, she, she's the seed that gave us some of the best games we've, we've ever played now. But the games themselves are of their time. But I look at my digital collection of video games as a museum. I, I can go back to and wander around this museum at any time I want. And to be able to do that with Tomb Raider without having to faff around. Because if I went to the British Museum and someone said, oh, you've got to jump through all these hoops to go and see this T-Rex skeleton. I'm like, nah. Do you know what? I don't think I'll bother. But if they go, oh, you just walk in and there's a T-Rex skeleton there. I'll be like, oh, that's fine. Yeah, I'll go and look at that. And these remasters offer you that. And brilliant. Um, it's uh, definitely a game of its time. Brilliant of its time. Still fun. Like that, I will say. Still fun. Frustratingly fun. But still fun. Um, and yeah, I'm glad to have it. Glad to have it. More of this, please. Um, Cypher Filter next.
Yeah, what a great choice. Yeah, Colony Wars, G-Police, Siphon Filter. Yeah, they're the three that popped to the top of my head. Yeah, they've been great. Siphon Filter's aged badly. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I like Tomb Raider. Glicker Pain. Maybe give me some modern controls as an option. Yep, yeah, I'm all in for a Siphon Filter remaster. Yep, too right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's that. That's it for this week for me. Anyway, uh, some good games. Next week, I will be all in on my early candidate for game of the year, uh, which is a poker-based roguelite. So stay tuned. It's Palatro. I don't need to hide what the game is. <laughs> but I'm embargoed in giving a review on it. Yeah. At least it's not Power World. That's the main thing. No, no, it's an original game. Oh, oh, shots fired. Snap. I know. Oh, can you feel the temperature dropping in here? That was cold. Bitter. Bitter. I know. Um, I mean, I don't even know how that game's still allowed to be online. (laughs) It's such a bizarre thing, that. What have they got on Nintendo? I know. Because Nintendo has shut down fan projects that have a bare resemblance to the IP. Someone goes and goes, I'll tell you what, it's Pokemon with guns, literally. And they go, ah, I don't know what to do. So, yeah. Yeah, it's bizarre. Yeah, I'm staying but away I'm from I'm not playing that at all. Mm-hmm. I'll be playing Palatro, which I will talk about in depth for the next year. Excellent. <laughs> and uh, until next week. So well, do I'll you, shut sorry. up now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't uh, shut up yet. I, I, I was, yeah, I was jumping the gun and shutting you up. That's wrong. Uh, right, Too anyway. Wrong. I, with all that said, I will shut up now. <laughs> Okie dokie. So, as usual, follow us on all the socials, look at all of our content on YouTube and on the website, join our Discord if you wish to chat about any subject at all, including mental health, and until next week, in the meantime, stay safe and stay sane.